Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, you know it's Taz and Moose. You know it's Taz and Moose. Hey. Taz and the Moose with you here on this Wednesday morning on CBS Sports Radio as we come to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Bio Quicken Loan Studio. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. Mike and Billy across the way, Bogish with your updates. Coming up later on this hour, we're going to chat with uh, Matt Chatham, uh, Nesson NFL analyst, uh, uh, former Patriot. Um, he will join us uh, about 20-plus minutes from now, Taz. So looking forward to that conversation. Yep. It's been on a number of times over the course of, what, the last uh, 19 and a half months. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Show yes, we, uh, we, that's what we do here. We do radio. We talk uh, every day. <laughs> yes, that's, we that's do do that uh, on yes. a day-in, day-out basis. We do. Yeah. As long as the uh, key card still works. That's all that matters. Well, you know what? Listen, uh, if it starts to not work and I show up and I'm you know, whistling uh, like I do when I show up and then I'm walking around and I go to use my card and it doesn't work, I realize, all right, I'll turn back around. <laughs> Gonski. <laughs> you know, it's, it's uh, you know, Moose and Mikey B doing a show. I mean, what am I, you know, if that happens, then I just sit. I go away. You'll never see me again. That's all. Uh, all right. You know, That's what not I tell where you? I was headed. But all right. yes, there you go. I'm mean, so a little deep. That Sorry. is uh, okay. Yeah. Well, that, that would probably be the case. Yes. Yeah. Best of luck. To you. Yeah, like, <laughs> Thanks for coming. All Talk right. Here we go. Here's <laughs> best <laughs> It is now time for the three. We get you caught up on the three biggest headlines of the day with Taz and the Moose. Number one. Nasty brawl between the Pirates and Reds. Yeah, it was a a nasty brawl last night uh, in Cincinnati between the the Pirates and the Reds. Let's hear Clint Hurdle on what uh, caused the brawl. The pitch came out hot from Keone, got got some reaction. And and then Votto came over to our dugout and had some things to say. And Hughes hits Marte. And then, and then Garrett eventually ends up coming over to our side again. Things just continue to, to escalate. Yeah, so this goes all the way back to April 7th when these two teams met up, right? right. We're sitting here. It's July 30th last night. It's now July 31st, MLB trade deadline. Taz, Dietrich then, obviously, for the Reds and still with the Reds, in a home run off Chris Archer, styled and profiled. Next time he comes up, Archer throws a, pe- a ball behind him, right? You think that's the end of it? No. I mean, Keone last night. Throws a pitch high and tight. I mean, it was... It over his head, though, was, you know? Yeah, yeah. Was, right. I mean, it wasn't... You it know, wasn't head hunting. It wasn't, wasn't head hunting. It wasn't chin music. Right, you know? it wasn't that. It was It was in the general direction of his head. I think that's the best way to put it. Right, right? I think I you're mean, right. I think you're right. So, yeah. uh, so he does that. Votto gets bothered. Then the jawing begins. Um, and we start to see that, which leads ultimately down the line a little bit later on in the game. Bell gets run out of the game. 17 minutes later, Garrett on the mound, the former St. John's basketball player for Cincinnati. Um, and uh, he starts jawing at the Pittsburgh bench and their dugout. 
and uh, the pitching coach basically, or the bench coach, takes his glove and he goes storming the uh, Pirates bench. Guys meet him. The entire Pirates team almost meets him before the Reds come flying over. Yeah. Uh, and then the fracas ensues. Yeah. You know, it was, and you know what? I mean, geez, uh, for him to just charge that mound, uh, the, the dugout, I should say, like he did for, for Garrett to do, I was like, all right. Uh, my man's got no fear, and he's probably thinking, geez, I really hope my team's behind me. Yeah, Otherwise, right. I'm dead meat. <laughs> so he went right in there, and, had, uh, you know, and, then, and the Pirates didn't back down, obviously. It's 25 to 1. But, and then it just, as you said, it just was a melee. It was a Donnie Brook. It was a Pier 6, a Pier 6er, as we say. So, yeah, it, it got crazy. And you know what? Look, no one got hurt. He's a grown man. Um, the, the the serious topic of it is is throwing baseballs near people's faces and heads yeah, at this no level. There's no place for it. It's super dangerous. Super, super dangerous. They got to figure that out. Moose, are they ever going to figure it out? It's been going on for years yeah, and I mean, decades, as well, you know. Well, Tess, I, I, there's one thing. I, I, I think they can figure out in terms of you, you don't throw near anybody's head. Right. Too much damage can be done. Of course. Right? And that's not having respect for fellow guys that are doing your job as well. Right? So, sure. Uh, the, the, everyone's trying to earn a living and make money. Um, but I, I, I don't think purpose pitches. You know, you can throw inside. You know, you can throw and hit somebody in the rear end and hit somebody in the small of the back or hit somebody in the thigh or whatever it might be. Right. Uh, you don't throw at anybody's head. I mean, I, I, I think, you know, I, I there's still a place, I think, for, you know, commanding the inside part yes, of the plate. I agree. Uh, there's still a place for uh, sticking up for your teammates. If someone gets hit, then you hit one of theirs. There, there's there's still a place for that in Major League Baseball, but you also have to be judicious with it, and you also have to be careful with it uh, of when you roll that out to make sure that you're not throwing the ball high and tight because there's no place, as you mentioned, for head hunting. There's no place for throwing at anybody's head. Yeah, no, and and... You know, the traditional baseball person is going to think, hey, man, there's nothing wrong with a little chin music. You know, I I, I don't know. I mean, chin music, head music, whatever you want to call it, it's no good. You know, to your point, brush a guy back, tie, play him, pitch him inside so you can set him up for maybe hit something on the outside corner and get him, you know, and strike him out. Yeah, or get him to ground but ground out or something like that. Let's just ground, ground into my Mets, then it's probably a, an arrow and the guy getting on first, but I digress. So the thing is, though, like he went at Dietrich's head here. It was definitely several inches over his head. And then the next pitch, he struck him out, you know, because the kid was, Dietrich was was a little shook. He was like, where's this ball going to go? And he was late on a swing, and he and he struck out to end the inning. He did. And then then then, then as the game evolved, well, things because, got heated uh, but up. But also, you know. Taz, if you want to take Vado it. Because yelled at the, the dugout. Right, and, and nothing to do with the brawl last night, but he could also take it even a step further, right? I mean, how much are you going to give the batter? They right. hang over the plate. They have oh, stuff well, that protects the upper yeah, no, arm. No, you're right. They, have, you're they right. wear stuff that protects the elbow. Sure, sure, sure. Right? They now wear, as we discussed earlier on, Taz, they wear the chin stuff that protects the, you know. So, you know, guys, are they're almost armored, some of them, when they're stepping up into the batter's yeah, box. Yeah, And they have no fear whatsoever. I mean, if it, you know, if it grazes their elbow and they're wearing an elbow protector yeah. or their upper arm, you know, their bicep area or tricep area, and they're wearing the the little protector there. It's not going to bother them, you know. It, it, they're no, going to take that off and run up the first base line and go to first base. So, Absolutely. Uh, you you've got to give the pitcher a little something here. They got to right. be able to throw inside. If you take the inside corner away or be able to brush a guy back, then you're going to 
you're really going to see an uptick in offense, <clears throat> even more so than what we're seeing right now in Major League Baseball. Yeah, no, you are. And I was watching uh, Mets Pirates, coincidentally enough, the other day, <laughs> over the weekend, I should say, yeah. and I can't remember who it was on the Mets that got plunked in the elbow. You know, it was no fight, and they took his base, but he had the elbow. I can't remember who it was. I'm drawing a blank. Not Al- not Alonzo, somebody else. And he got hit on the elbow. Dude, this ball, it had to be hauling at least 92, 93 miles an hour, to your point, off of that elbow pad, and it, the ball went flying into the audience, and he just took his base. He yeah. had no problem. I, know. <laughs> I mean, like I'm like, wow, there's, I don't know if there's that's Kevlar in that or what. Right, that's different. Well, yeah. I'm like, wow. But yeah. no, but it's like you, you brush a guy back, like, you know, uh, who was it, Mike? Uh, I don't know. I was just giving you suggestions in your headphones. I have no idea. Well, you said you could share it with the audience. Said, okay. Was it McNeil? He gets hit a lot. It wasn't McNeil. It's a squirrel. It wasn't Squirrel Jones. No, it was somebody else. Uh, whatever. But the point is, you're saying about elbow pads. You know, he got Thanks, hit. Thanks, Mike, for the He year. got hit. No, no. Well, he's right. McNeil does get hit a lot. Guy gets hit no, every I'm not game. saying he that. He needs to watch the game. He didn't know who the answer is. He's just firing at a suggestion. <laughs> about McNeil? Sometimes with Taz, we get in a rhythm with that. We get in a rhythm. We get in a rhythm, yeah. Right. I got you. No, he... Uh, he but, but, you know, guys that... To your point, though, was guys Thanks, that... Mike, hu- for taking us off the beach. Guys that, guys that <laughs> hug the plate. To the point you're making, was guys yeah, that hug the plate. You got to brush them back. I, you know, I know years back when, when my son was playing, he, his friend was a really good pitcher, yeah. and he was getting a lot of pro training. And, and the kid pitches in college now, and he was taught at like you know fifth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, brush guys back. They're taught you're taught that when you're a high level pitcher yeah. as a young kid, you brush guys back, and it's so it's it's part of baseball for guys hugging the plate. Well, that plate's not just his; it's the pitcher's plate too. So, yeah, and and you know. luckily nobody got seriously hurt last night uh, during the brawl either, uh, right. which is uh, which is a good thing too. That's the worst. Yeah, thing with you the bare knuckles, yeah, you no never question. know what's going to happen. All right, next number two, Puig and Bauer on the move. Yeah, so Yasiel Puig was involved in that brawl, even though it's not official yet. I think Heyman reported about uh, forty-five minutes ago that deal will become official. Uh, later on today or this morning, I guess. But, um, you know, uh, Puig is now a member of the Cleveland Indians. It was a three-team deal. Uh, Trevor Bauer is now a member of the Cincinnati Reds. Yasiel Puig uh, is a member of the Cleveland Indians to go along with four other players. And uh, Taylor Trammell, uh, the top uh, 30th best prospect in all the Major League Baseball, the top uh, prospect, uh, pitching, uh, positional prospect in the Reds' farm system, a 21-year-old left fielder, outfielder, uh, is going to the San Diego Padres. So, you look at the two teams that acquired starting pitching here. Uh, the Mets with your Mets with Stroman over <coughs> yeah. the weekend, and now the Cincinnati Reds with Trevor Bauer, which I mean, it's stunning. I mean, it's been a weird trade deadline. Task, I know, I know. Uh, where you know you're not looking at teams that are on the cusp of winning a championship going out there and acquiring starting pitching. Yeah, no, I know, and it's yeah, exactly, and that's like I mean, strange. Look, it is strange. I mean, you know, look, strange. I, I, I'm 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 glad we got Stroman, but look, as a baseball fan, I I love postseason baseball. I, I, you know, once it's chilly out in the fall, you know, it's great. Even though my team's never in it, so I'm used to watching the Yankees in it. <laughs> so, but no, you know what I mean. Like, so I, I like to see the, the the great pitching battles. And now a lot of these great pitches are going to be sitting home, uh, you know, uh, it, looking at their Reds hat or their Mets hat. You know what I mean? It's kind of it's crazy. Uh yeah. I mean, they might. And, well, maybe the Mets hold on to everyone and go on a magical run. <laughs> 
Yeah, I hope so, uh, bro. Don't, you never know. I don't know. They won five in a row. Have you seen our they defense? They should win tonight Have with the Have you seen our defense? Taz, I've watched, I work for SNY. I've watched oh, them every night. Yes. Uh, no, yes, I have seen the defense. SNY Jones. We went back with Cano. Yeah. You're still defending I Cano like to this Cano. day. I, t- I know. I've been critical. You're like, he's a great defender. I, like, he's Taz, a good so second baseman. He's still got it. Still got a little bit. A little bit. Not even a little bit. He's got a little bit. He's got 20% of the range he used to have. He looks good the whole time. He's got some flesh. Smooth. He's smooth. He right. wears the uniform well. He does. He's and got he can me still work. turn a nice second. He can still turn he a does, nice double, double play. play. But he'll he'll make like a he'll do like a routine infield <laughs> pop up. He'll do like this smooth Willie Mays basket catch. Yeah. So he looks like like oh, he's yeah. still that Robinson I, Cano. No, no, I get like, that. Oh, Robbie's great. I, I know, I get that. But there is there have been some baseballs this year that uh, old school Robbie Cano would not uh, no. would not let get by him, and and they did, but. Uh, Mets have won five in a row. We'll see what happens. You know, the trade deadline, 4 o'clock Eastern time today. Um, there's some reports that Bumgarner's out there. Some say that's nonsense. Uh, Zach Wheeler, will he get moved by the Mets? Uh, Shane Green with the Detroit Tigers. Uh, what other uh, relievers will get moved as well? Uh, Taz, it's been kind of a, a strange, quiet MLB trade deadline, but... Uh, we'll see if some of those guys do get moved. Yeah, no, we'll see. It's going to be interesting, you know, and, uh, yeah, it's exciting always, you know. And, you know, it, it's – I mean, you, you just hope that, you know, it, it, balance is nice. If your team's not in it, you want balance. What balance is teams pitching, right? So, and that's that's the, you know, it's like that's the quarterback of baseball, right? So that's what you want. That's what you want to see. Yeah. We'll see what happens. But are, are all the good guys gone? Like, is what's going to happen here? Like, well, you know, that's the I mean, the majority of them are. I mean, Bauer, yeah. Strowman, the Mets have got a pair, Bumgarner. Unless you look at Robbie Ray, uh, who I did like his response last night after Arizona beat the Yankees. Uh, Ray was asked about his name being in the trade uh, market, and uh, some have linked Robbie Ray, uh, the Diamondbacks' 27-year-old uh, lefty like the Yankees. Yeah. Yeah, but he walks a lot of guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, yeah. The, that's the only issue. Control's an issue with Ray, not stuff. Um, he said, you know, listen, um, who doesn't want to play for a championship? You know, he, sure. he talked about, you know, pitching in New York and, you know, would love an opportunity to compete and win championships. So you did like that response from Ray. We'll see if maybe he's the guy that's on the move. Uh, if Cashman, I'd be surprised if Cashman did nothing uh, by 4 o'clock Eastern time today, oh, which crazy. is only eight hours away. We're less than eight hours from the MLB trade deadline. <sighs> the, the Yankees, you got to strongly assume, to your point, they got to be. It's, you gotta do something. Something's got to happen. What's going to happen? What do you think's going to happen? That rotation's terrible. What do you think's going to happen? Um, you got people. You tell us the truth. You no, know. I, I don't know. You I wish, know. I, Taz, I wish I had known. Uh, I think they go, if I, if you're um, I mean, you almost I think they probably the get Ray. You think they get from Ray? Arizona? Wow. I love Zach Wheeler, but I don't. I don't see the Mets. You know this. The yeah, Mets are not trading Zach won't. Wheeler to the Yankees. The Yankees, no, that's not. The Yankees good. would have to we'll, offer him Aaron Judge. We'll just send him to the Phillies with Vargas in Glaber Torres. I want Glaber Torres bad on the Mets. I understand that, right? Oh, that'd be great. Never happened. How about it's this? Impossible. You want to think we'll about get him in, We'll get him in five years. Right. Think about the <laughs> yeah, right. Think about this, right? Edwin Diaz, who blew yet another oh, game last night for the Mets. Stand him. And there were reports that of this widespread interest in Edwin Diaz, right? Yeah. The, the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers, the Boston Red Sox. Do you do you see the story that Brody Van Wagenen, when the Mets called the when the Red Sox called the Mets, when the Mets called the Red Sox and talked about Edwin Diaz, they asked for Andrew Benintendi. I mean, you got to be kidding. Me. That's like, probably the Red Sox would have hung up the phone. <laughs> I mean, funny. I mean, Taz, you click. Gotta, 
Hello? Uh, Tess. Hello. You got to be you got to be somewhat realistic here. I mean, you really do. I mean, you, uh, I mean, it, this whole idea that, that it, have you watched Diaz pitch this year? <laughs> Last night, you had Darling on the broadcast on SNY <laughs> saying Diaz looks nervous. The Mets are 5 games under. Going into the game, winners of four in a row. You're taking on the Chicago White Sox in late July in front of about 12,000 people. And he's nervous last night? Imagine if a World Series was on the line. That's funny. The White Sox, 18 I, games behind first place in the gotta Central. You've got to be kidding me. And he's nervous. Oh, he stinks. He I'm going to look at Edwin Diaz. As being the finisher, uh, I'll take Diaz off your hands because he's, he's got a live arm. Yeah, he's got a live arm for one inning. He's got a live arm for one one batter. But not Taz, even an I'm inning. not giving you. I'm not giving you a high impact player. Yeah. Listen, we'll we'll give you a Diaz. We'll take Glaber Torres. We'll take Glaber Torres. <laughs> what do you think? Fair deal? <laughs> um. Well, maybe. Uh, uh, no. Uh, no. Listen, no. Not about this. No. We'll take, nope. We'll take Judge off your hands. <laughs> we know he's the. <laughs> Let's give us Judge. Got Diaz. This guy throws gas. Listen, we'll throw in Todd Frazier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Take Rosario and Frazier. Right. Take them both, and we'll take uh, Judge uh, or, or, or Glaber. Uh, anyway, all right. Next. Uh, Number three. Andrew Luck to miss the next two practices. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's nerfing that. No new injury. It's still the same one he's uh, been dealing with, and that is that calf strain, Taz. But... A couple things. He says the Achilles is is not affected. He's had, you know, he ran through all the medical tests. He went through MRI, right, scans, x-ray, everything like that. Uh, He's still dealing with pain. He's still dealing with pain, as he mentioned, in his ankle. He's still dealing with pain in his calf. Now, that would be the concerning thing. It's not like the calf injury happened last week. The concerning thing would be that Andrew Luck, as we, you know, we're a day away here from August 1st, you know, is uh, still dealing with some pain and some discomfort. <laughs> now they're going to handle him with kid gloves and make sure that he was only back on the football field that he is pain free. That would be the concern I'd have with Luck right now. Yeah, no, I, you know, we talked a lot about this earlier, and you know, I just think you got to really keep an eye on Luck. I think that that the Colts and, and Reich, you know, head coach there, Frank Reich, they're doing the right thing. Um, I am a little concerned because, like, I, maybe because we're, we're hot off the presses of it seems like yesterday talking about Kevin Durant. And what, what happened when he was with the Warriors and, and, and stuff with the, the calf turns into the Achilles. And then when I hear Andrew Luck even reference his Achilles that and that the x-rays are negative or that his Achilles is fine, or but he does have pain in his leg, like, I'm like, Ey. I almost felt or feel like maybe is Luck trying to say something that he's not saying? Like, you know what I mean? So that's the thing. I think if you're a Colts fan and you're a little concerned, I, I think maybe you're a little concerned. I mean, yeah, you know, well, a guy that may be injury prone, well, as long as he out with the, was out with the you know, injury at the shoulder and all that. Well, here's the thing I, I'd ask you, Taz, is this. Um, he's a guy that's been banged up a lot in the past. Yeah. Played through a lot of pain. Plays hard, too. Uh, so plays hard, right. Yeah. Takes a lot of hits. He does. They finally built up the offensive line, right? This has nothing to do with his throwing shoulders, so don't be concerned about that. Correct. But you could make the argument, Taz, that there's only so many hits your body can take until sure. your body starts to fail you. And he, took, and he took a lot of hits. You know, you would not say that Andrew Luck is a fresh-as-a-daisy quarterback. Uh, that's got Because he is he's a, he's probably, a, I'd say, probably a couple years older than what he is because of the amount of hits that he's taken over the course of his career. Well, I think that's a good point. At age, like, dog years. You know, it's no, like, doesn't yeah, it? Am yeah, I wrong? No, it happens in wrestling all the time. We call it a bump card. 
Okay, when wrestlers fall, when you see them fall in the ring or take, it's called the bump, B-U-M-P, bump. So there's only so many bumps on your bump card. It's an imaginary card, but your body gets to a point where, you know, you know, it's just too much, and it ages you. <laughs> I'm telling you from experience. Yeah, so I'm sure. It's the same thing with a football player, to your point, or a guy like Luck who's been hit a lot as a quarterback. And, you know, when he goes, when he scrambles out of the pocket, runs, he runs hard. He'll take a hit. He will. He's a big dude, He's too. Tough. You know, he is tough. He is. So, but, you know, I, I think this is going to be a very intriguing story to watch out of the Colts camp, the Andrew Luck situation with this calf. There you have it. You're three here on this Wednesday morning. Andrew Luck sitting out a couple practices for the Indianapolis Colts, still dealing with that strained calf. Yasiel Puig is now an Indian. Trevor Bauer is now a Cincinnati Reds three-player, three-team deal last night that went down that involved seven players. And also your number one storyline here uh, has to deal with the brawl out in Cincinnati between the Reds and the Pirates. And if you have not seen it as of yet, just waking up here on this Wednesday morning, uh, hop online. Flip it on. It's highly entertaining. Good to have a bowl of cereal with. Maybe some eggs, bagel, coffee. Right. Fruity pebbles. A way to start your day with a little violence. Nice. There's nothing wrong with that. Come back. Matt Chatham will join us. We'll talk a little Pats football. CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. All right, Matt Chatham, Nesson uh, will join us here uh, momentarily, Taz. We kicked off this hour, talking a little three. A lot of football here on this uh, Wednesday morning. We'll see what the big moves are uh, with the MLB trade deadline. And we'll be with you, of course, the rest of the week, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern time right here on CBS Sports Radio. And tomorrow, all the reaction uh, to all the big wheelings and dealings. And hopefully it's an active day. It's important. You know, it, it's it's good for Major League Baseball uh, if if trades do happen, <clears throat> selfishly for the league to bring you know sure. kind of bring the attention, the focus, people talking about it, reacting to it. I think that's you know we talk about the NBA trade deadline, you know the NBA offseason, National Hockey League offseason. You, know, you look at Major League Baseball when you build up this kind of a day, and there's only one deadline, Taz. <laughs> you hope that it's not all you know smoke and no fire. <laughs> No, no, you're right. I mean, you, you, yeah, you want it to be, you want it to be good stuff. You want it to be a, a good move made here or there. So, a player that you're like, wow, you didn't expect that. Oh, that's a big deal for yeah, a team that's, that's going to be in the postseason. Right. You know, you want to see that. Not Stroman going to the Mets. No, that's a good move. Bauer no, to the Reds. No. Stroman to the Red Mets and Bauer to the Reds. I mean, those are the two big moves. Right, so far, my two teams you were probably would say were sixty-five to one to make those kind of moves. Yeah, who well, ever thought Trevor Bauer would be a Red? Not me. Not me. I mean, at least he could throw the ball over the fence there, too. He's got a he good enough arm. No doubt. <laughs> yes, you're right about that. They won't have the trouble hitting the ball over the fence no, in Cincinnati that's what I'm either. Saying. Right? Yeah, that's right, exactly. Uh, we'll get to Matt Chatham here momentarily. Bogus is here. What's up? Uh, here's your report, guys. It is sponsored right. by Geico. In and out with Ben Affleck. Quick, man. Yeah. Not much, not much fade. In and out. No, no fade Jones. No. Bup, bup, chip, quick hitter. Smack you in the face with it. Yeah, it's uh, great. Oh, no, that's that, that. Great news. There's a quick way you could Smack. save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com. And in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Let's put the Pirates-Reds fight aside and discuss the Reds-Padres-Indians trade that broke mm. shortly before the punches started. Cincinnati sending Yasiel Puig to Cleveland and top prospect Taylor Trammell to San Diego, and Trevor Bauer 
to comes to those Reds, while the Padres ship out for the Fran Mil Reyes and lefty Logan Allen to Cleveland. Bauer, by the way, reportedly fined an undisclosed amount by Major League Baseball for heaving that ball over the center field fence on Sunday in KC. The Indians were smart yesterday, saying, we're still figuring things out because we're probably going to trade him in a few minutes. Mm. And now they don't need to do anything themselves to Bauer. Puig was still in the game last night as trade reports surfaced. He was front and center in the ninth inning melee, one of eight ejected, not including Reds manager David Bell. He got run back in the eighth for arguing balls and strikes, but came back on the field to confront Pirates manager Clint Hurdle. As for the game, the Pirates won it 11-4 to end their nine-game skid. Now, the Mets could still move Noah Syndergaard before this afternoon's deadline. For the latest, we turn to Noah Syndergaard insider, Noah Syndergaard. I don't think anything's going to happen. Syndergaard just had one of his best starts of the season last night. Seven and a third, one unearned run, 11 Ks. But Edwin Diaz blew his fifth save, so the Mets didn't beat the White Sox until the 11th, 5-2. The Astros, a 2-0 win in Cleveland. The Rays got a 6-5 win at Fenway. And the D-backs, a 4-2 win at Yankee Stadium. Guys? All right. Uh, thank you, Andrew. Appreciate it, Haas. Uh, let's talk a little Pats football, and let's walk aboard right now. Matt Chatham, uh, former Patriot, Nesson. Football analyst joins us now. Hey, Matt, Taz of the Moose with you. Thanks for a couple minutes, bud. What's up, Matt? Hey, morning, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, you got it, Matt. Uh, number one is, um, you know, the the impact, I guess, when you look at this Patriot team defending Super Bowl champs, and I know some of the names have changed, but one big name, what about this offense here without Gronk being a part of it? I would say at this juncture, it's less about the football stuff with Gronk not being here, and and I see I see the bigger void with his personality guy. Mm, <laughs> you know, interesting, yeah, it. yeah. You're used to a camp at this point to kind of have the boisterous guy out there dancing in stretch lines. Uh, he, <laughs> in, in fairness, he's been on a different program for shoot, four or five years here anyway in camps, managing injuries. He was never a full time participant, but. There was that big guy out in front of cameras, that big guy out in front of camp, that big guy out signing autographs all the time. I think that's the void you notice now. When we start to get the particulars of football, I think obviously the focus shifts away from that position. Someone's going to play it. It won't be in the same role. But so, so that being said, though, Matt, in regards to the tight end spot with the Pats, I mean, is it Ben Watson? Like, who, who, who's the main tight? Who's going to be that main tight end? Oh, will they have you know a main go-to guy in that position? Well, they signed Matt Lacoste. Uh, he's nice. It, it feels very Belichickian, sort of right. one of these uh, names that, in fairness, I didn't know. <laughs> right, know? right, right. But a gotcha. guy that had yeah. been quietly productive in a less prolific offense that looks like he has some potential that didn't come with a giant number. It's a big body, another 6'6-plus type tight end. Uh, so, you know, there's some potential there. I mean, I, you know, it's almost unfair to the guy to even talk about him in, in the same realm. But we sure. know Ben has the suspension. Uh, for the fertility stuff, I think he did, or whatever it was, right, when he thought he was retired and that whole goofy thing with the NFL. So you know you're not going to get Ben for the first four weeks. Uh, so it looks like Matt's the guy for, at that point. But I think even when Ben returns, I mean, Ben is as, as salty as a guy out there has played this long career. He's sure. going to be efficient. He'll make some plays for you in the red zone for sure. He blocks really well. Uh, but I just don't think we're looking at any guy that's going to stand in that spot is going to get 60, 70 balls. It's okay. just probably not where the position's going. Still an important spot, but, man, they block well in that spot, too, and they seem to have a couple guys that can do that part of the job. Yeah, they do um, here. In, and what about the ageless wonder in, and Matt in, in the quarterback in Tom Brady? Starting to look younger, and that pisses me off. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we were roommates years ago back in 2000 when, you know, his first year here, and uh, – 
you know, I just we're within a few months of each other, and it's just like that's not what forty two supposed to look like, dude. <laughs> uh, but no, I, and I, I think if you work in the media in this particular market, you come to camp each year. You know, even trying to not be his buddy and trying to just do the job, you kind of do look for things. You know, you're sitting there with your binoculars, you're you're watching for maybe a gate change, for maybe a little short motion in the throwing arm with his arm. You know, any, any, you know, any little thing, some, some uh, struggle, something, something, you know, just yeah. kind of looking for like something. Like saying, oh, look at see, he's getting old. We got nothing. Yeah, here's the thing. <laughs> it's not there. And I, yeah. it almost feels like too, you know, too uh, pom-pom-ish or something to say that he's still the same guy. I, I think he would really have a very uh, difficult time if you were, you know, the, the analyst that absolutely hates the Patriots and you really want them to do poorly. I think you would have a hard time watching a 2019 Tom Brady training camp and telling any difference between it and the 2009. Well, the guy looks the same, and I know that's going to be frustrating for people in the league, and you still got to get through 16 games, but at this juncture, it, it's Tom. On the field, Matt, you know, be, being a, a former roommate of his, is he the same guy? Same, I mean, same guy that he was, even with all this success, same guy that he was all way back when to where he is now? He is. He's just got a, a much, much bigger world on his shoulders now because <laughs> it just compacts year after year. I think one of the cool moments uh, a couple nights ago when we were doing the Rodney Harrison uh, induction stuff into uh, the Patriots Hall of Fame, you know, this time of year, each year, a lot of the old faces come back, a lot of my old teammates, and it's a multi-generational thing. But the fun thing is after that's all done, the ceremony is over, we have a little little, uh, you know, dinner and drink kind of thing upstairs, and we go down to the field to watch practice. And it's always fun to go down and, you know, see sort of the multi-generational thing uh, of us older guys. And even guys that are younger than us that are now older, like a Rod Ninkovich. I mean, he trails me by, a, you know, a full generation of, of teams or whatever, but he's now retired as well. And and then they all we all sit there and talk to Tom, and you can see Tom's still standing there. He's still in practice gear. And there's like four groups, four different age ranges <laughs> that were all his teammates at one point standing there going, what the hell are you still doing playing football, you know? But it's, I mean, that's that's kind of the cool thing this, with this whole situation. It doesn't make a lot of sense, and that's uh, just why he's the all-time great. You know, so so let me ask you, Matt, with, with um with Belichick and Brady, you know, this tandem, it's unbelievable, right? The success, and it, it's how is it? I mean, I mean, it, it's so impressive that they, they there's no complacency. They're still motivated. You know, I mean, kind of bring us in 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 inside there with Belichick and Brady. I mean, I, to keep that work ethic, keep that 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 chip on their shoulder. What's the true motivation? I think your job is up for grabs every day, and that's kind of the. And it doesn't necessarily mean roster spot, but it's something that they've kept alive since the day they they got there. And you know, I was here for the first year, which we were five and eleven. We stunk, and you know, it was a, a day in day out. Come in, check your locker room. Do I still have gear? <laughs> you know, it kind of <laughs> yeah. situation. And 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 that. I mean, maybe that's a little hyperbole for for today, but at least in a camp situation, especially with ninety bodies. And, and there's really a heightened sense of, of, of competition each and every day. I, I think one group to really look at it, how, the, how this team's sort of broken down, is their secondary. On the back end, you have Stephon Gilmore, who was a first-round pick and a very accomplished player. Sure. But at most of the other secondary spots, you have guys that have either been undrafted guys or maybe a little lower-drafted guys, and they've got incredible depth. I don't think anyone right now can tell you who the second corner is. It's a competition between three guys, very, very realistically so. You have two second-round backups all within the last year wow. uh, that are in the next wave of guys. So the, the competition in the room is crazy. So, you know, even if you've come in with a little draft capital behind you, you don't have a job yet necessarily. So 
I think they really, really keep it competitive in the room. They're not afraid to, hey, I'm the starting whatever, and I was really successful last year. Well, they might bring in a high draft pick right behind you yeah. or a free agent to push you, and it's just that that cycle never ends. Matt, when you look at this roster and you look at this team, uh, obviously the defending Super Bowl champs, they want a great run. Um, do you feel good about where this team is going to be sitting if they stay healthy at the end of the year? I think that's always the biggest key, not just for the Pats, but for really anyone. If you can tell me who's playing in December, we can have a much better, you know. Conversation. Right, if I look, at, if you take this roster, give or take a couple yeah. guys, I get it. But I'm not, I'm not talking about key figures. You know, Brady's there. You know, the, sure. you feel good about this team. I do because of I think they made a really good tactical decision earlier last year, and it, by virtue of taking Sony Michelle in the first round, and then now they go back and get the Harris kid from uh, from Alabama this year. They've really built up their offensive line, heavy investment there. I think if you have an aging quarterback, even the one that's still playing at a high level, that's the mode you got to go. You got to protect them, and you have to be able to run the football because it can't be a fifty-five dropback because then you increase the likelihood of hits. Right? Yeah, you can't be back there. And and in fairness, uh, the Saints have done the same thing with Drew Brees. I think it's really the smartest approach. So provided they throw that line, yeah, I think this is a team that's in the mix no matter what. It just we're going to have to see how this shakes out with a wide receiver thing. There's obviously some question marks with that. Jules Edelman got his, his thumb banged up there a little bit, so mm. won't be available for camp. Nikhil Harry is their first round back draft pick, so there's some question marks of how where the ball is going to go from Tom. But the talent level in the room is extremely high, and you generally figure they'll figure it out. Matt, let's talk uh, spot. You know well that that LB spot, the linebacker spots. You know, uh, break it down, man. Who, who, who's looking like like the alpha in that group? I mean, who who do you feel is you know? And just break down the whole linebacker spot for the Pats. Yeah, well, I mean, we have the, the the phrase we always joke around with with our generation guys. We call it the backerhood. So we've had the backerhood of guys <laughs> that's sort of this group that's moved through, and and it's been a weird year in the last or not year, but the last maybe three or four years where sometimes that room shrinks. So there's a lot of teams are keeping less and less linebackers. It's not like six, seven, eight guys necessarily. Sometimes the rotation three or four thin. I think one unique thing that's going on with the team now is they drafted the kid from Michigan, Chase Winovich, who looks like a you know D-end, outside linebacker, slash type guy. So with a high, relatively high pick, figure he'll be involved. Derek Rivers is a second-round pick from just recently who looks to be you know for a breakout kind of moment. So that's an interesting spot there. Now Jamie Collins comes back from Cleveland, and they're really excited around here because he looks just like the guy they remember. That would give you some flexibility now with what you want to do with Dante Hightower, and Kyle Van Noy has really proved he's a stud. One last name that's not on there that I think a lot of people here locally forget about is Juwan Bentley. You know, draft pick, Big Ten kid, comes here, plays tremendous for four weeks, and then gets injured misses the entire year. If he's your middle linebacker, which, he, I mean, he's a big body. He's Brian Cox. He's Ted Johnson. He's Brandon Spikes. You don't always see those kinds of middle linebackers in the NFL now. Sometimes they're the smaller, quicker guys. But if he's in the middle, Dante can now play outside, rush mm. a little bit more. Van Noy can be flexible like always is. And all of a sudden you got a guy like Jamie Collins as the extra body. And, again, we didn't even mention those two young draft picks. So right. they got depth there. They got depth there. It's a good spot. You know, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, we talk about the roster on the field here. What about the staff, Matt? Because, you know, Flores is now down in Miami. You know, Patricia is in, in Detroit. You know, they, they've lost a lot of guys on that staff in the past few years. What about, you know, that coaching staff? We know how great of a coach Belichick is and the offensive line coach. Uh, you know, he, he's fantastic as well. Uh, we know what McDaniels is an offensive coordinator. What about that coaching staff here taking a hit? 
Well, uh, Gerard Mayo is the one real sort of curveball that's thrown into this. And Gerard was doing good things in business, doing a little bit of media here, a couple years removed from the game, didn't look like he was going back in. And, you know, Bill always describes him, Gerard's the heir right after me, so I didn't get to play with him. But he always describes him as one of the smartest guys he was ever around, one of the smartest guys he ever had as a, as a coach. And I think it's interesting that it's not, you know, that he gets the opportunity now to coach. It's just he was given play calling duties through training camp already, which is an extremely accelerated path. Uh, that doesn't mean he'll be the play caller in season, but the faith in Gerard, the, his ability to communicate, because he's not that far removed from a lot of those guys in the linebacker room, uh, that I think is a really nice bridge to, quite frankly, a lot of other names I just don't know. You know, there's a lot of new faces over there on that side of the ball and in the building because a handful of people did go with Brian down to Miami. So, uh, but one thing I'm always sort of reminding myself is sort of the stringer on the finger with Bill. He's got people in the pipeline. He's got people he's been working with. He's got people that are there breaking down film and giving him advice and doing odd jobs for him and working one-on-one with players uh, in the hours that we don't see them. So now they pop into the scene. He only gives people responsibility when they think they can handle it, and there's going to be a handful of guys in those kind of roles this year. You know, Matt, one area that you're the most concerned about with this team is what? Well, I wouldn't, know, I wouldn't call it concern, but it's just complete uncertainty. I have no idea with the wide receiver core how that's going to shake out. Maurice Harris, interesting guy that comes over from Oakland, has looked really good for the first week of camp, but it's obviously early. Dontrell Inman comes in, has been a modestly productive, but a bigger body. Looks like he could maybe do something. As I mentioned, Nikhil Harry is a first-round draft pick. Looks awesome, but do you expect you know a rookie to be your high-target guy at the receiver position? Do you expect Julian will come back and kill it, but um, – uh, Philip Dorsett is really kind of the real uh, sort of what's going to happen there because I've loved him. I've been a big fan of his for the last couple of years. He always catches it when you throw it to him, but he doesn't always get high rep counts. So uh, now in that role, how will things go? But because you take Gronk out of an offense and you take Chris Hogan out of an offense, you take some of the people we're used to seeing get the ball more uh, from Tom, it, it is a big question mark as to how that's going to go down. You know, Matt, we'll close it out here. Gordon, you know, Josh Gordon here, is he the, – the Patriots still own his rights, right? Is he still, yeah. uh, you know, connected? You know, uh, you know, what's going on with Josh Gordon? I mean, he worked out with Tom on several instances. It's with the beauty of Instagram and Twitter and all that stuff. So they checked in a handful of times. We know he's around. We know he's, you know, just rearing to go. Uh, And, you know, it's just the substance thing, which is unfortunate that that can remove you from the game, but all the other far more dirty things can keep you on the field. So um, everyone's just sort of patiently waiting, hoping it happens. I think he's still treated as a teammate best you can with them not being allowed to be in the facility. But still, he still has a real close relationship with a lot of the guys. And I think there's a sense that he will be back at some point. It's just the uncertainty. Are we talking midseason? Are we talking end of season? Or is it something more sensible, like just a couple games off the top here and then we're back into it? It's just we, most guys, don't care. Matt Chatham, uh, Nesson NFL analyst. Hey, Matt, we appreciate the time this morning. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Matt. Right, my Take care, Matt. Take care. Uh, does always does a good job and expects yeah. great things from the Patriots, Taz. Oh, he's a former Patriot. So that's uh, the, well, they're, that's they're, they're brainwashed. Uh, no, I'm kidding. He's a good guy. <laughs> I would have told him that, too. I'm just job. You know, I'm a Patriot hater. I understand. <laughs> it never changes. All they expect to do is win. Uh, the Saints. Big news down Ooh. in New Orleans. Michael Thomas. They've reached an agreement. Yes. We'll give you the details. The contract, what the Saints wide out, 125 catch man himself is going to get paid. We'll do that next. Taz Moose, CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio.
It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. All right, CBS Sports Radio is for Live, brought to you by Geico. Great news. Quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com. 15 minutes. You can save 15% or more on your car insurance. Time right now to answer our Ask the Pros question of the day, brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Today's question is from Mike down in New Orleans. Uh, so Michael Thomas just got paid. Yes, he did. Don't forget, you can submit a question by going to cbssportsradio.com slash pros. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts tasks for all your car care needs. Get guaranteed low prices, excellent customer service at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every single day. So Adam Schefter, Rappaport, uh, all the NFL insiders report. Five-year, $100 million deal for Michael Thomas. Uh, $61 million of it guaranteed. Well, Good for him. Good for he him. wanted $20 million a year on average. That's what came that's close. What, <laughs> Well, he's got. It. I mean, five well, for a hundred. Got for a hundred, right? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, he, he, listen. So he's there. I mean, sixty-one of it is is guaranteed. guaranteed. And That's, you would imagine. Yeah, I mean, he's a young guaranteed. man. You would imagine he's going to get the the contract. Ah, uh, yeah. The length I of mean, it. Jeez, he's twenty-six years old, and yeah. you know, like I, I was saying the other day too. You know, Drew Brees. I'm sure. You know, he, he was a little obviously went to bat for this kid, and because he's a proven commodity, I and mean, he's the real deal. He's just he's he's a great player. And uh, he's getting played. He's getting paid like the top, like he's the tippy top. And it'd be tough to argue he's not, you know. So, man, that's uh, that's some kind of deal for this kid. So good for him. So you know he's going to go into this thing motivated this season here into summer camp. They just started their camp. So, man, he's got it just feeling good right now. I'll tell you, he's buying dinner for the boys tonight. Well, yeah. <laughs> and uh, he was the Taz. He was. We, remember, we went through all those holdouts, right? There were five or six guys. Elliot, who's now down in Cabo, and yeah. uh, he was the guy that you felt probably the most for. Sure. Because he was due sure, to make one point right. one million dollars, which is a significant amount of money. Too low, uh, but, but it's too low for what he. But it's right. still too low for the player he is. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott's holding out. He's got two years left on his deal. That's going to pay him twelve point nine million dollars. Right, right. Which right. is a significant amount of money. He's you know he's he's due right. to make a tad over six million dollars a year over the next two years. Mike Thomas, for the player he is, as being a top five. I mean, he's one of the most productive he's wide a top, receivers. Top six in receiving yards last year, Moose. Yeah. A little south of fourteen hundred yards receiving. And I mean, he was, he's making I mean in 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 high you know, in comparison to other guys, he's making peanuts. Yeah. You're right. So uh, a, a, a I, little bit over a million. Yeah, that is peanuts for a guy, guy like this, sure. And and New Orleans, who as we <clears> mentioned, <throat> uh, you know, with Sean Payton, they never paid a skill position guy more than ten million dollars a year on average, right? That's gonna change now with this Mike Thomas deal. Um, you know, outside the quarterback we we're talking about. Um, and uh, they understand, and he had the leverage. He understood the importance to that offense. They understood the importance to the offense. Yeah. And New Orleans <laughs> wants to get back to the Super Bowl. They need Mike Thomas on the field. Ain't no doubt about that. You got Ted Ginn there. You got Austin Carr. You know, so I, I like the way this whole thing went down. It wasn't – there was no big dog and pony show. You know what I mean? Like, no, nothing with the Saints, the way they handled it and the way Michael Thomas himself handled it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it just – it wasn't like uh, it didn't feel tense. That we're from afar, but it just seemed like it was quiet, done stealthily, and here we go. We're, we're on this 
the end of July, and this deal's done for this kid, and he's he's going to get paid big bank. And you mentioned Drew Brees going to bat for Mike Thomas, right? Yeah. Much different than what Rivers did to Melvin Gordon. Oh, I, I know. I can't believe. When he said, we're, you know, he said, it's certainly a deep position for us. Those guys all love to play and work hard. We love Melvin, but we're going to go, and we've got – we're going to go with what we've got. It's a pretty darn good group. Hello. Wow. That's that rough. Is, a lot of players around the league got a little ticked. They, has, they, went at, is, they went on Twitter. They went at They went at Rivers for that. Like, that's – can't do, do that. that? Who said he's a, he's fine playing out his, his contract, expiring contract? How do you do that to a teammate? It's like, what is – like, Rivers one of the owners now of the, the charges? I know. Like, okay, so go ahead. Yeah, What's go it? with Austin Eckler. Let's see how he does for I you. Know. I mean, really, if, if you don't, you know, well, if you don't need uh, uh, Melvin Gordon. That's Come on, what I mean. man. Like, uh, you know, this guy's your running back. Right. Exactly, and wow. how do you how Crazy. do you do that? Blood, sweat, and tears. You, you know, why would you Did not we defend? talk about that? Is this the first time we're no, talking? No, we about? haven't talked. We'll get more Man, into it. We can talk about you, more that tomorrow. Is something, boy. Man. But it brought because you know what it, you mentioned about Breeze going to bat for Thomas, right. which is the right thing to do. Yes, yes, it's the right thing to do. Yes, you're in a position. You're the quarterback of the team. The right veteran. thing to do, veteran. You know, I just thought about Philip Rivers basically doing the complete opposite with Melvin Gordon. Hey, you know, we're good. You know what? If he signs, great. But otherwise, yeah. we're fine. <laughs> awesome. Oh, I mean, <laughs> Melvin Gordon's got to be like, what? Yeah, he's like, what's the deal with Phil? Wait, is your name now Spanos? You own yeah. the team. It's like the owner now. Uh, exactly. Uh, Taz, good show, brother. Yes, you too, sir. Uh, our thanks to Billy, Mike across the way, uh, Bogus as well. Uh, folks, enjoy your Wednesday. Peace. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.